G'day, it's James Baldwin here welcoming you to another episode of Oz F1, Australia's premier podcast as voted by three people sitting in a room on the Mornington Peninsula and our recap series as we go over the Formula One Rolex British Grand Prix for 2019 in Silverstone, the best race of the season so far as voted by me at least to this point. And uh, as always in the studio, I am joined by my friends and yours, the wonderful first name beginning Tom, second name beginning T. Hello, Tommy T. Welcome to you. That went a different way. <laughs> just wanted to throw you off. And then, of course, uh, thomasjcam.com.au. A very good evening to you, my friend. Hello, boys. How are we? Mate, I'm good. Tommy? Very good. Excellent. We're all happy to be here. We, we are. What a race. We are just, we're still sitting in awe about how excited we are post uh, Silverstone. Incredible race. Incredible race. Exactly the best one of the season. Prove me wrong. No, good. Proving Austria me. was better. No. Uh, yeah, Max, Max won. Max won. Oh, Austria, I see. Okay, so fair so enough. Better. No, you're right. Okay, that tattoo is still not coming off, is it? He's <laughs> scrubbing hard in the shower. <laughs> Guys, uh, let's get straight into it, as we always do. Uh, welcome along to F- Oz F1, I should say, if you're listening for the first time. We're just going to skip through the race, uh, pull out some highlights for the next 40 minutes or so, have a bit of banter and enjoy ourselves. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do hit that subscribe button and like and rate us on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, basically. But uh, Campy, we're going to throw to you straight away. Give me a bit of a recap from your point of view of Silverstone. Oh, what a race. What a race. The action was great from... Lap one, really. We had the one, the interesting battle that I, I was watching on board for online was the Lando Norris Ricardo battle for like yes. the whole half of the first lap, right up until they got into Beckett's, I think. So yes. they were side by side the whole time. Um, Ricardo was compromised by Gasly off the start. Not compromised, he just, he just got blocked and in the wrong position. But anyway, Hamilton and Bottas's battle for the first three laps was. Incredible, and his pressure for the first like ten almost till he pitted. Yeah, really, really good battle. Good battle. Tommy, your highlights. Um, lots yeah. clearly. <laughs> Thank There's you, just so you. much happening. This is a Thank Formula One podcast. If you just like oh, to. I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> did you watch it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did really enjoy watching Danny Rick. He kind of didn't have the best luck. Uh, with his position after the safety car and that kind of stuff. But just the way he kept putting pressure on, you could see him like setting up his moves, taking his time, building towards like a final lap where he would make a move. Um, And to get back to where he put the car on um, in qualifying is pretty good effort considering how how behind he ended up after that incident. We saw on-track battles from everyone in the top top eight, really. Oh, yeah. And they were good, solid driving – only one mistake for the whole race. Yep. Uh, but. And I kind of wish it was worse than it was. The Leclerc-Verstappen battle was unbelievable. I'm yeah. perplexed how that wasn't a worse incident. I don't know how. Well, as I said to you at the time, it, it's it, the only reason really why Max managed to get out of that and Giovinazzi didn't is because he clipped up on the curve and got some air. So he got further into the, gra- the gravel trap than Giovinazzi did. Yeah. Because it's the same, exactly the same spot. Vettel. No, Giovinazzi got stuck in the ground. Oh, sorry. Yeah, when, he, sorry. when he clipped Max, Max went over the curb and, and he sort of flew in a little the safety bit, kind of which exit. actually was better for him yeah. than if he didn't. Giovinazzi got throttle happy, throttle happy though. <laughs> and as soon as you get on the throttle real hard in the gravel, it just digs you right in. Max was composed enough to be a bit lighter on that right foot. 
which got him out of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And look, I I loved this race. My highlights absolutely oh. were Danny Rick's battles all the way through the race. Yep. I think there was really fantastic mid-pack racing. Didn't I didn't quite love... have the car, though. No, nah, he didn't. He was definitely quick in both McLarens. And he right. proved that in everything he did. I think but... give him three to five more laps and he probably would have had signs too. Yeah. Oh, look, he backed off on signs towards the end because he knew it just wasn't going to yep. happen and he didn't yep. want to put it into any more danger, I guess. But... I also really enjoyed listening to the crowd cheering as Lewis got ahead of Valtteri and then Valtteri doing it back to him. Ah, it was just a moment. And can I just critique the cameraman for this race too? Oh, my gosh. Is it the same race director? What is wrong with the F1 race directors or the TV crews this year? It's pretty rubbish. Hamilton finally gets past Bottas around it. Was it Lutford? Uh, Is that what it is? And then the next shot we see is in the crowd and the crowd cheering and we missed the whole battle to yeah. see Bodass get in front of it. <laughs> My Even in was... the replays that I watched online, that's what we saw. I'm just going, for fuck's sake, people, <laughs> get it together. We're here to watch <laughs> the cars, the not the The best one fans. was when you were watching an empty corner for about three oh, seconds yeah. waiting for them to appear in shot. I was yep. like, cool, we could have done that later. Yep, and it's, so, and here comes Bodass. Ham... But we don't even know which car know. this is because we can't see it properly. In their defence, there was a lot of Red Bull on Ferrari, Red Bull on Ferrari crime, so it was hard to pick which battle you were watching sometimes. So good. All right, well, let's do what we normally do, boys, and, and work through team by team. Um, I'm going to start right down the very bottom of the pack, which... You're going to start with Haas? Haas, <laughs> yeah. A very, the new bottom. A very angry Gunter Steiner, I will imagine. Uh, I would have hate, had it to be anywhere near his... Well, anywhere near him, I should say, when they both had to retire. Just just in your mind, Campy, so just for anyone who, who didn't watch, um, this is corner four or five, I believe, and the Haas and right next to each other, and they both, they bump into each other and clip uh, both rear tyres. So a left rear for K-Mag and a right rear for Grosjean, and it was a bit of a mess, wasn't it? Oh, for me, it was the first lap of the race. Everyone is racing hard. There wasn't much in the incident, only that they were teammates. Yes. If it was two opposing teams, two opposing drivers, it wouldn't have been spoken about as much. But I just think Magnussen, he was in a right, he was on the outside and he was in a bad spot. Grosjean yep. pushed wide too, which was his right. Yep. yep. But I don't think it was a nothing incident for me. It was only the teammates and they just very compromised unlucky. and they compromised yeah. each other's race, which is why and, we're and very unlucky. I think it sums up really well, Tommy, because I think realistically the amount of contact that they had was less yep. than what Charles and Max had towards the end of the race. Just very unlucky for that minimal contact to result in double punches. Like, yep. Really disappointing. Hey, let's, uh, out of the Haas thing, Campy, let's talk about this rich energy saga. <laughs> if you had been keeping up with it, even if you hadn't, I'm going to recap it for you now. Uh, on Twitter a couple of days ago, there was a rogue tweet basically saying that Rich Energy is terminating its sponsorship with Haas Racing Team because of poor performance and citing politics in Formula One. And political it, correctness. It also said something along the lines of, if you keep finishing behind Williams, we're not going to be here with you. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, the next day, Rocket Racing went, we're going to continue sponsoring. <laughs> The irony, the yeah, igno- the ignorance. Irony. So we think, we look, at rich energy to anyone who's uh, listening from anywhere else in the world doesn't exist in Australia. Uh, the only thing that I saw of it at uh, Melbourne, the Grand Prix, was a uh, a black wagon with the logo on the side. That was it. And I've did never you, seen. Did it. you get one of their beverages? It was a Hyundai Iload too. It wasn't even a good van. <laughs> with their superior. Who buys Hyundai Iloads? Nobody. With their well, superior ingredients and um, who, who owned gyms. Can we talk about the uh, the pit lane incident with? Grosjean, 
about to leave for practice. He couldn't even exit the pit properly. <laughs> that was the corner. start of the weekend. Uh, it was, was Ericsson. Ericsson. It was off me. to a rip. Yeah. Ericsson, Ericsson hit, hit so many times over the weekend. Who would have thought? The ghost of Ericsson continues. He's yeah. sitting. He's sitting in Indy, going. Oh, I'm I'm getting great success from this. I'm not even anywhere bloody near the track. You just have to feel for Gunter, don't you? Like I think I someone think as competitive and switched on as him has just two peanuts for drivers that keep doing silly things. Like they're good drivers when they're good, but man, they make some very silly mistakes. And I'd be interested if I reckon probably both won't be around next year. If I'm honest, they no. haven't proven enough. I think I think I'll keep one of them. I think oh, I think K Mag will stay. Yeah, I think Grosjean's the one to go. Yep. This has statistically been his worst performing yep. year from a points racing that he's ever had in Formula 1. Yep. But I remember saying about five races in that he was out-qualifying K-Mag and out-racing him between rounds two and five, but he didn't score any points. So... Mate, there's 20 people on that grid yeah, and not all of them deserve he, to be there. He's, he's one, one of them. them. He's, yep. he's, the one, he's one of the ones that can... So, and look, we're talking about um, people like Espen Ocon, who is sitting in Mercedes at the moment. There is less and less likelihood of him having a drive next year, especially in the A-team. And there's no other Mercedes seats really around. Stroll's not going anywhere. Checo brings some big money to Racing Point, and Racing Point need that to continue developing. We're talking about them potentially having a brand new car with updates uh, come spa, were they saying, that uh, the potential coming along, which is good for them. But Toto came out about a week and a half ago and also said that we will consider releasing Ocon from his Mercedes contract if we can't find him a drive, which says to me... They can't find him a drive. <laughs> they don't have a seat for him. They're going to keep Bottas, so they're going to have to release him so he can get but a drive, which is a big change from where he came from last year. Oh, we will have a drive for him Yeah, by certainly, but I think if you look at where the, everything is going at the moment, and this is all rumour and speculation now, of course, we're yeah. talk, looking at Daniel Ricciardo and Ferrari links there. You know, if, if Max goes anywhere, let's be honest, he's going to Mercedes, he's not going to Ferrari, there'd be more control for him there. Bottas will potentially then be picked up by someone else. Look, he might even be picked up by Ferrari. Ferrari don't pick up Danny Rick, Danny Rick stays in Renault. Ocon moves into Renault and Hockenberg goes into Haas. Like, there's just so many potentials. If if you open up a seat in Williams, because let's be honest, that'll probably happen. If you open... And Ocon's it's not, not going to change it. a lot, though. No, no, but Ocon's not going to take that. If you open up a seat in um, Haas and Williams and uh, Alfa Romeo and Renault and Mercedes and Red Bull... <laughs> So, where do you go? And most of them will swap. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's not the much in the way of, apart from Michael Schumacher, which said a few times, sorry, <laughs> Mick Schumacher, Michael Schumacher's son coming through from F2. There's a few other people like Latifi and a few others who have test driven for, for teams like Williams, but there's not really anyone in these junior programs who is primed like we saw Lando because Lando and George uh, were being primed pretty much from this time last year. It was September last year that Lando was announced Yep. So there would have been talks going on well and truly before that. It's just interesting. Oh, look, I'm, I'm sad Vettel, for us. I think Vettel is the key in all of this. He absolutely is. A bit is. like what happened when Rosberg been, retired yep. a couple of years ago. It depends. And oh, we've said this the last three podcasts. We think that Seb is falling out of favour yep. with Ferrari. His on-track performances are falling away. I don't yep. think that's any fault of his own. I think that's Ferrari and the way they play politics. This is a carbon copy of what they did to Fernando Alonso. Yes. I think what will happen with Sebastian Vettel will determine a whole lot of things for next year. If he stays, not much will change. Not much. But if he decides to retire or he goes back to Red Bull, 
that's going to trigger all the change. It's not going to happen. This now is it? Not after that incident. He chose the wrong team to crash into the back of. <laughs> he is Christian. The remembers. Bull. He's the Red Bull Golden Child. <laughs> they'll, well, they'll, they'll roll the red carpet back out for yeah. him if he wants to drive next year. Yeah, good point. Look, but all I think, of this to come, I'm bloody excited yeah. about all of this stuff. I think it's fantastic. Hey, let's talk about Alfa Romeo because uh, the um, the other not caught, not um, finishing driver, I should say, is Antonio Giovinazzi, who uh, went out towards the end, got a little bit throttle happy uh, coming into the corner and then got throttle happy inside the corner and got stuck in the gravel. I'll just put his right rear on the grass. And- yep. You've got experience in doing that as well. <laughs> inverted commas hurt your neck. <laughs> uh, he had a really good qualifying, like out qualified Rockin' yep. in again. Yep. He's, he's showing, showing some pace. Some, yep. Definitely. But uh yeah, just just unlucky really and then got stuck in the gravel. Can't do much about that. It was nice to see him in the press conference alongside Danny Rick and Lewis and Lando and George Russell. That was a hilarious press conference talking good. about pubic hair. <laughs> do, you, do you have pubes yet? <laughs> I also yeah. love that Danny does, you know, puts his hand over the microphone and sort of says, do you have pubes yet? It's like that. Which <laughs> yes, is very loud. Wow, thing. no one could and hear that I'll at all. And can I just say, George Russell, you squid, comes oh. out and he's like, oh, it's not appropriate for you guys. Look, shut up, mate. That is quality Settle banter down. between boys right there. He said, this not- is the difference between Lando and George. George is very up and down. Thanks very much for coming. Lovely to be here. Lando's like, hey, I'm driving Festival of Speed this year in some really kick-ass McLaren and being a dude and doing donuts in a section where it was the end of the track. Like, he's supposed to settle down and he's just there ripping donuts. What I know you don't like Lando, but he what we don't What we don't want is me. people taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. And George Russell is taking himself a bit too seriously. Yep, no, I agree. But that's he's fine. driving well. In no, he's driving great. Hey, let's, before we get to Williams, let's talk about Kimi Räikkönen very quickly. Star. Um, he, he was a bit of a silent assassin this time around, finishing in eighth and bringing home four championship points. He, he just didn't really... He wasn't there, was he? He wasn't anything major happening. He was a silent achiever, a bit of a grey man. We had battles going on behind him, in front of him, right up ahead of him as well. And he was just doing it. Consistent lap times, great passes where he did it. Good strategy from Alpha in that respect. Yeah. But it was just a bit of a grey man situation. The two drivers in the mid-pack to benefit most from that yellow, that safety car were Carlos Sainz and Kimi Räikkönen. Absolutely right. Because they were totally caught out of position. But they went long and got the free pit stop. So Great. Okay, so Alfa Romeo, uh, formerly known as Sauber, because uh, I'm just saying that because I'm going to call them Sauber at some point through this podcast. <laughs> um, apparently they've changed the name. You wouldn't have known. Uh, yeah, not really doing all that much. Sad for Antonio not uh, to finish in the points to do a double points for them, but that's okay. Let's talk about Williams then. Uh, Frank Williams, 50 years of being a team principal. He uh, had a bit of a uh, burn around the track with a Lewis in, the, in an AMG, and um, as I said to you before, DC was driving around on the driver's parade. He, uh, he looked happy to be there, didn't he? Mm. Yep. Um, I don't know how happy you can be when your team is so rubbish, but anyway. <laughs> uh, he's 50 years of being a team principal, and now he's in charge of the worst team at the moment. Cool. Insert troll comment right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, you know, I don't even know what to say. Williams are doing okay. I- I'm still sad every time I see Kibbutz out there. He- I- every time it's sort of like less and less and less of an amazing comeback and more and more and more of a frustrating time for everyone yeah. watching him. He's just the test driver that's actually on track during the race. Well, you actually made the comment, oh, doing this beats sitting at home and watching F finals. Like, yeah, fair uh, enough, I guess. You've up on yourself, I think. Yeah, that's mm. a shame. Look, George is doing well. Again, I think he he's doing well in the car that is doesn't have any performance. I mean, last year he was sitting and winning 
F2 uh, and certainly is the opposite end of the grid this time around. Didn't seem to damper his spirits at all. I think it bodes well for the future of the sport, really. You look at some of these young guys, we've got... It's going to be good. He's just yeah. staying and, positive. And yeah. this is why you look at people like O'Connor and going, mate, you're too old now, which sounds hilarious considering he's still in his 20s. You're too old to jump into where this is coming and there are younger Mercedes drivers than you who are driving better, but I can afford to spend time in teams like Williams for two to three years before the Valtteri Bottas approach, which is a sudden move into a team that you weren't expecting. I mean, MVB has proven himself time and time again in that car. You know, he, he is like the, a man possessed when he's on it. And I, I've said this again. Sorry, I've said this before. And I'll say it again when I was watching him, Tommy, when we were in Australia at the Grand Prix. The way that he pushed that car around the track compared to every single other person, was he was on it. Every single move was considered and precise and yep. finish, if you will. Um, and you saw that actually when Kimi was in the Ferrari. Like just the way, the very similar driving styles, mm. obviously, because they're both from Finland and they, they <laughs> are king drivers there. They're just born and learning how to drift and rally. Just great performance and great attitude. Like, he lost out this time around and he was still a star at the end, unlike Charles Leclerc last time. We'll come to them a little bit later on. So, Williams, recap. Um, yep. <laughs> All right. I As, wish we had more to say. Like It's becoming less and less. Yeah. Hey, look, they're, they're bringing some upgrades. Um, I think the team is slowly restructuring itself. George did say over the weekend, it is a case uh, of us sometimes taking three steps back to take one step forward. Um, and having to restructure the management of the team, having to understand the issues that have been inherent for a while. And he's absolutely right. I mean, you can't rebuild everything in a day. It just is really, really bloody frustrating and sad to see. I'd love to see them finish with a point, like one of them to finish in the points this year. Just that means the, half the just green cut, have to crash. But cut the head off the snake. It's a simple solution. Which snake? which head? Head. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Let's the talk family about, business. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about Racing Point. Are we still talking about Williams? Let's talk about Racing Point, um, <laughs> the pink car. Hey, they're doing something really great at the moment. Side note, I'm not sure if uh, you guys heard, but they, uh, uh, BWT, who own, sorry, who own who own the pink cars, I guess, in every motorsport category that they sponsor, sponsor um, and uh, obviously a big sponsor of Racing Point, are raising quite a bit of money for breast cancer um, in the UK, I believe, and for every, and it was funny listening to them, so if they, like, if they play, qualify rather in 17th and place 10th, then BWT chip in more money if they make up places yep. up the grid. So as uh, I think David Croft was saying, it's, uh, you know, it's good that they were where they were qualified, it's but it would actually Lance be better Stroll if was it was... plus five, so that's good. Would it be better if they were lower and then did better? Because they'd... Yeah. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying. So that was really cool. I thought actually just a nice moment there of showing that um, there's some community involvement from Racing Point. Obviously, this is their home race, only half a mile up the road, to their head office, Checo. Yeah, again, I didn't really see much of them this weekend. It's because he lost his wing into Holgenberg. There you go. I just... It was a weird position for him to be in, really. And that was a weird thing after the restart. Yeah. Safety car goes in some... And it was... That's why I love having safety cars because you have another whole... VSC, you could put yourself in the bin. Like, it's just not as exciting as having a proper safety safety car car. there and having the leader pull the pin, I guess, on when everyone goes again. Um, Unlucky, again, for for him to be in where Nico was. Well, they're not consistently in the points or they're not getting out of Q3. I mean, there's not much you can say about them. They look like they're improving. They're definitely the back of the mid-pack. As I said, <laughs> there's some improvements coming to the car, which basically means it's a whole new car apart from the chassis and obviously the engine. Well, there'll be engine upgrades from Mercedes, but that's a good thing, I think, because it means if they can push up against McLaren and Renault, not going to happen. Only a good thing from there. 
Not um, this year, anyway. Mate, again, good pay armor tech. Good pay <laughs> armor machine. Oh, we'll have a whole new car by the end of the year. That's great. <laughs> 21 races def- too late. Yeah, and def- your investment <laughs> this year has been a real shitty return on him, on it. ThomasJCab.com.au. <laughs> folks, don't forget the AU. All right. You guys buy this bullshit. <laughs> You suck it up like the, the way it's yeah, James intended and I are just to be. Independent. We just uh, we independently neutral. think. Thank you. Uh, okay. I'm a virtue signal you do for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you how to think, and if you don't, I will rage. Knock knock. Is that you, fascism? No. Okay. So let's talk about uh, Toro Rosso. Alexander Albon finishing in twelfth, and Danny Kvyat finishing in the points in ninth. They had a bit of an interesting scrap at the back, but they're not really pushing themselves to the front. At the more, no. at the more anymore, are they at the moment? Kivia drove well in the race. He did good strategy. He it's made fun. up eight places. Really, really good strategy. Didn't qualify super well, but I just think, as Valtteri said after the post qualifying press conference, he said no one did a perfect lap today. Conditions were really hard. Yep. I think Kivia was one of those ones that just didn't get the max out of the car. Albon. Mm. Made less mistakes, but mm. geez, Kvyat's race pace. I honestly think Albon was compromised by making Q3 and having to start on the a soft. Yep. yep. It really stuffed his strategy. Yep. Whereas you see, clearly Kvyat had a better strategy starting on a different tire from that position. The soft Plus, tire is quite hard. That, it was the, yeah, rather than the this hard is the hardest tire, soft tire we've had all, all season. You are correct. Tire talk. Your favourite thing, Campy. But yeah, I think. Because he pushed so hard to try and get ninth, and he did, and he beat Hulkenberg, which is really good. Um, great for him. But then, obviously, his strategy was compromised going forward. So let's talk uh, and move on rather than talk about Renault. Um, Campy, do you want to talk to me about uh, Nico and Danny Rick, your thoughts on both of them this time around? <sighs> Danny Rick's a star. Put that on seventh, best of the rest. Obviously. He's, I know. He, we know he's quick over one lap. He's not Max Verstappen quick over one lap. Yep. I think he got unlucky off the start. He didn't get a bad start, but Lando start from behind, and that was a really good one. He had a great squeezed. start. He just got he, he just got blocked squeezed. by a dickhead who didn't yeah. get out of the way. Gasly just put himself in the middle of the track yeah. going nowhere, but and Danny had nowhere to a, go. In an attacking position, Gasly was in the middle of nowhere. He wasn't going around anyone. He wasn't going inside or outside. He was Useless. just no man's land, floating. Right? Yep. But in saying that, Danny Rick's race pace was... Both Renault's race pace looked real, or Danny Rick's more so, but much quicker than the Renault's, uh, sorry, the McLaren's, and you could tell that. The way he hunted down um, Lando Norris for that, that first 20 stint, uh, 15, 16 lap stint. Yep. And then the way he, he passed, who did he pass? He passed Albon, passed Hulkenberg. Mm-hmm. Norris? No. He passed, passed Stroll as well at one Stroll, point. Stroll, yeah. So he passed those three when he after the safety car and then hunted down Carlos. The car was quicker. It just wasn't quite there. If the straight had been 100 metres longer, it would have yeah. been fine. But it was just... And look, it's good to see from Renault, though, because yes. Austria was a chink in their armour and we were starting to think, geez, was this a poor decision? But yep. they bounced back. Danny Rick in all his press conferences said... Austria was a bit of an anomaly for us. We didn't – we just – as a team, we weren't there, but we got it back on the right track and heading in the right direction, so. Let's talk about Ferrari and Daniel Ricciardo while we're here. Campy, you've got some thoughts about it. Yeah, I, I've, I've said this the last three podcasts that Vettel is falling out of favour at Ferrari. And the way that 
Ferrari has traditionally played politics with their drivers is we're going to get the best driver in and we're going to give him three or four years. If he doesn't deliver us the results we need, we're going to slowly fade them out. Hence why they bought Leclerc in last year when they probably should have kept Kimi. But that was warning signs. That was the start of it. That was them saying, we no longer have ultimate faith in Vettel, so we're going to bring some young up-and-comer in that we can hopefully can push him and be the number one driver. That's the way they see it. Ever since Canada... And that whole situation there, Vettel's been off the mark. Yep. I don't think it's so much he's not performing as well. I think it's Ferrari playing politics and not giving him the right car setup, doing them what they should be doing for him. And we've seen the results in qualifying. His race, he got unlucky not to get it. Like he should have, he would have beaten Leclerc this weekend. But I just, anyway. Yeah. It seems to be more people happy in Ferrari fold seeing Leclerc doing a better job than Sebastian. In saying all of that, I sidetracked a bit, but Ferrari sent out some letters of intent to Valtteri Bottas and Daniel Ricciardo's management to say that if Vettel either retires or goes somewhere else next year, we need to start the process of signing mm. one of you two guys before it happens, which tells me that behind closed doors, all those conversations and the future of Ferrari is coming up. And as I said before, Vettel is the linchpin in all the moves next year. So if he decides to go, Ferrari will take Danny Rick over Valtteri, in my opinion. And do you know what I think? Uh, Yes, absolutely. I think Ferrari will be starting to play the game if they've decided that they don't want Sebastian to hang around. They'll push him harder and harder until he he leaves. They'll do the Fernando thing where they just basically cut off any support and help. You can still rock up and have the car, but they'll give priority to Charles. and, And that's... It's, it's a hard thing to watch because obviously I desperately want Danny Rick to be in a championship winning car. Is that next year or the year after in terms of Ferrari? Look, potentially, it's definitely closer to the front than a Renault is. And as I said to you guys last week, I think if you had put Danny Rick in the same position where Charles was with Max coming to attack him behind in, in Austria, completely different story. Mm, I yeah. think if you can see yeah. what Danny did in Canada defending against Valtteri <laughs> and he's in a Renault much slower car you know not as good downforce as a car all over than, than and Mercedes and make someone like Valtteri lift like that would that incident itself actually as a Ferrari team looking at it go well mate this is the kind of thing that we kind of want also Ricardo Italian last name also helps a lot doesn't it <laughs> I think yes. it does it's also Ricardo's got a clause in his contract with Renault that if Mercedes or Ferrari offer him a contract before the end of his current one, he, he's got an option in there to take it as well. So, so many people are saying, it's so funny on Instagram, they're like, oh, you know, you made the wrong move leaving Red Bull. But you know, I think this is intelligent because firstly, I'll give you 43 million reasons as to Thank why you. it's a great reason to leave. Yep. Secondly, it sets you up because you're not in that culture of what is happening at the moment with Gasly. Like, uh, as much as he's not being performing well, I would hate to be him because it would be so stressful and there would be very little support in the way of what is going on. Re Weber, you know, re Kvyat, re Ricardo, looking all of those people that haven't really been properly supported. And with stupid comments like Max is the best driver at the moment, better than Lewis, like, okay, Max is a more aggressive driver, but I don't know if you can say that. Anyway, it's it's interesting. Oh, I would like last to Last year it. we were having all these conversations. Max and Danny Rick were the two best drivers on the grid. If you put either one of those two guys against Lewis or Sebastian, they get beaten in my opinion. Yeah. In the same car you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I, yep. They get beaten. I think Max and Danny Rick are the two best drivers on the grid. So and I- 
And they pushed, they went toe-to-toe with each other. And everyone forgets, Danny Rick beat him for two years yeah. before he announced that he was leaving and Red Bull shafted him. I think it would be interesting to see. I mean, personally, I think he'd be better at Mercedes because I think Toto is a better operator and he would be supported better and the team is better. It's yep. very much German efficiency rather than Italian bravado, which concerns me. I'm not a big, I'm not a Ferrari fan. I'll be very honest. I'll no. support Danny Rick, but I look at Ferrari and go, what are you doing here? I, you know, drive That's, a Merc and I don't even support Mercedes. I don't even know who I support anymore. I'm so lost in the woods. <laughs> Do we want Ricardo to go to Ferrari? Next year. Yes, for the car, but not for the management, I think. That's I think if he's going to do it, mate, it has to be now. Oh, totally. I think Otherwise, right. he's lost his tra- chance. Yep. So the yep. sooner the better. I think it's going to happen. I think, you know, Sebastian just looks so frustrated each time he gets the track. He doesn't have to leave Formula One. He might just want to go and do it and enjoy it again and just go, you know what? I'm probably not going to win a world championship again. All right, let's throw everything up in the air as we spoke about a little bit before and say, all right, well, if Vettel leaves, then where does... Danny Rick goes there, who comes into rent as Ocon go to Renault, and then like all of these things are wide open. I don't think Mercedes change their lineup for next year. I don't think they have. And to. I think Ferrari I think will. Right. I think Ferrari will move Vettel on, and he'll go back to Red Bull, and then Danny Rick and Leclerc would be a great pairing. Yeah, I think you're right. And but I think it's it's also interesting to note that if. And a letter of intent has been sent to Valtteri Bottas. It's unlikely that Ferrari are going to take their main competitor's driver. They just want the intellectual property. That's all that's part of. Yeah, I that's think. a good point. Okay, mm. fair enough. I didn't even think of that. Well, but they need to well, cover well. their bases too. I would suggest that Danny Rick's the number one choice. Yep. But they can't rely on that, so they need to send someone else out. And they're probably quite... Valtteri's a super competent driver. Oh, yeah, well, we've seen that. Yeah. Time and time again. And I think he'd be a good fit at Ferrari as well. So, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hey, let's talk about McLaren. In saying all that, before we move on, Mercedes have to fall off the pedestal at some stage. It'll so happen. I would It'll rather... with the reg change, though, surely. Well, yeah, Maybe. I think you're right. But they will fall off the pedestal at one stage. They're not going to stay there forever. And while they're still winning, Lewis isn't going anywhere. Why would so, he? Yeah, why he would doesn't you? have to race anyone. He qualifies really fast in a car and then stays at the front. Let's I think start- the, the carrot in front of Rick, Danny Rick, if he does go to Ferrari, is I have the chance to turn this team into a world-winning Yep. And world he's trying, he's trying his best with Renault and doing a very good job. Yep. But I think it's interesting to note just on you know the, the new regs that are coming up, how the hell did you know Braun GP win in 2009 when Ferrari and McLaren were doing so many good things in 2008 because they were so focused on fighting each other in 08 before the new regs came in that they weren't paying attention to the future development of the car and so something and I like I if you haven't listened to that podcast yet with Ross Braun do right. so it's it great. was fantastic but that is one of my favorite stories in Formula One Jensen Button we love JB one of my favorite drivers if Both. not my favorite driver Danny Rick obviously is my favorite but JB just absolute star and what a driver. And watching that car being driven around on Thursday, uh, to A, the sound, and B, just to see Ross Braun back in that natural environment of his rather than in the, in the management side of Formula One being on that team side. Really, really very special indeed. Okay, I'm going to talk about McLaren now, Campy. You don't get any chance of moving on. Uh, I want to talk about Carlos Sainz. I think he did a great job defending against Danny Rick towards the end there. As we said, he didn't have the car underneath him that Danny Rick had in the Renault, but certainly did a good job of defending. Uh, he really benefited from the safety car. And uh, and I don't think we've mentioned it, but the safety car came in about halfway through the race. Uh, and it was because Antonio Giovinazzi binned it at uh, the second last corner. And so they had to pull that out with the truck. 
uh, which just caused all kinds of mayhem to happen. And safety safety cars always benefit those who are behind the incident just before the pit lane entry. That or rain does a bloody good job of yeah. reshuffling the entire thing. And that's the great thing about Formula One. When, when incidents happen, yep. that's when most of the excitement comes. Yeah. So, Carlos signs <laughs> one out of that. Um, your thoughts on him driving for the rest of the weekend? Solid. He made up seven spots. I mean, a lot of that was because of the safety car, but he did a really good job. He benefited a fair bit from Lando rear-gunning, as Campy likes to call it, yep. and creating a bit of a buffer so that when Danny Rick finally did get past, he was too far out of contention to really challenge for that spot. But, I mean, he, he took the opportunities presented to him. He he dealt with that really well. and He's getting the job done on Saturday, on Sundays. Yep. And that's... That's when the points are dished out. Qualifying yeah, is great. True. He's getting he's getting touched up a bit in qualifying, but he's getting the job done on race pace and on Sunday. So mm. I don't think I, we I've can said fold it to you him. guys a couple of times. I genuinely think sometimes qualifying outside of Q three is sometimes better, just so you can choose what rubber you want to be on. Those kind of things. That yeah. ninth and tenth spot, we often see drop positions rather than gain, especially it's, on the start. It's, it's honestly <laughs> yeah. a net negative a lot of the time. So, in all honesty, like I think. You saw it with Lando. He was kind of compromised because of where he yep. he qualified. Um, he was unlucky because he so pitted, Mc- pitted earlier. But McLaren, why did they pit him again? He was trying to cover off uh, okay. Ricardo, wasn't he? Yeah. But I think McLaren, like, let's they just say a golden this. opportunity. They did, but let's just say this. this is a hell of a lot better than last year. Oh, McLaren yeah. have sorted their lives out. Definitely. The chassis is great. Oh, well, we like Zach Brown. He's a good guy. We like yeah, Zach Brown. Superstar. Yep, yep. agreed. All, every, all good points. I think Lando did a great job, and um, it's unfortunate he was where he was when the safety car was deployed. Um, but certainly him and Danny Rick fighting in the first couple of laps was really good yep. racing. I actually yep. think really good strategy from Renault quickly this weekend as well. I think when they pitted Danny, he was unlucky with the safety car, mm. but for him to try and do the undercut and put in a quick lap to make sure that Lando couldn't get back around to him, it worked. So yeah. funny because I saw him pit and go, here we go again, because I've yeah, tried no. it so many times this year and but it's always failed, but now credit, it finally happened. Nailed it. Because no, it's really, the best really track good. on the calendar. Nailed it. That's why. All right, well, McLaren doing very well. And look, we're all excited to see that, I think, because uh, we were very sad last year, like we are sad for Williams this year and last year, that they were performing so poorly. Um Lando, uh, Lando, Alonso's not coming back. No. Nope. There's just no seats for him. He, and he good. actually contacted Red Bull. Oh, not last again. Month. Of course he bloody did. And Who do we believe here? No, no, I'm not sure no, I believe either of them. I read this on autosport.com, I think. Mm, Trustworthy news. Uh, the internet is Red where Bull, I get my Red facts. Bull was very, very much, we'd love to have you, but Honda cannot deal with you ever again. <laughs> He's, no, unfortunately, the guy, the guy is shafted. Yep. No, he stuck every himself. team he's left, he's put yeah, himself out of favour. A bridge. So. <laughs> and you know what? Nah, it's a shame, but nah, he had his time. He buggered it. Good luck to you. See you later, mate. Good on you. Uh, all right. Wow. I want to talk. Yeah, I know you love it, but ignorance. Ignorance is, <laughs> ignorance is bliss, mate. Join me. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the whipping boy. He actually didn't do too bad a job this time around. Let's go. He, he may have sorted his life out. Now, before you start, I want to talk about J, JB's comments over the Saturday, him saying, look, it's interesting watching Gasly perform here because he's performing pretty well compared to other tracks like Austria, which are slower corners, higher downforce, and he doesn't seem to deal with the car more Power straights, more power corners. He seems to be doing okay. He, he he finished where he should be finishing each weekend at least. Uh, but certainly he was doing – it did a good couple of battles between the Ferraris, Camp. You have to – like 
he sorted his life out a bit for this race. True or false? I don't think so. Oh, he finished fourth, mate. <laughs> Good. He finished fourth. He inherited fourth. Otherwise, he's going to be sixth behind everyone else. I mean, the rest of the pack is that. My point is he, he inherited be fourth sixth. because of because of what happened to Verstappen and Vettel. Yep. His teammate still passed him, whether that was team orders or not. His teammate was way quicker. Was definitely team orders, mate. That's definitely. how easy that his, was. The qualifying, his teammate, at, Max struggled all weekend and then came out under all the pressure and all the adversity that the car set up. Still spanked him by three and a half tenths. And for Red Bull and Christian Horner to come out and say, Pierre's had a good weekend. Mate, they are go- they. this was a massive media targeted winner to talk up Pierre Gasly to try and get this kid in some sort of headspace to say that he knows we support him. Mm. Everyone can see through it. He was so far off. I mean, good that he was keeping pace and he had a little battle with Vettel. But it was only because the cars in front of them were battling, which yeah, enabled true. them to catch up. I, get rid of him, mate. The call but if he already. was sixth every week consistently, would you be happy as Red Bull? No. Still not. Yes, I would. Red Bull. Red Bull. Because they need the points. They need Red exactly. Bull, Red Bull have a legitimate chance to come second in this Constructors' Championship. Mate, not anymore. And it's not going to happen because of Gasly. I don't, he, was, he wasn't that good this weekend. I oh, he performed really well in practice. Great. Anyone can perform well in practice. Yeah, that's true. In honesty, I think that second scene at Red Bull should be pushing for sixth to fourth every week. Mate, we're still talking three and a half tenths in qualifying. That is that is a shit weekend. Gee, yep. I'm three and a half tenths. Where do I find up that three and a half tenths? Everywhere. Taking for granted that it's better than the five to eight tenths that we've been seeing from the start of the year. Yep. Yeah. But I'm not giving him credit until so you're saying he actually does him. something. <laughs> I'm only defending him because I, I, I But redid, it's one track. I redid my whole fantasy team and I could only afford him to it for the other drivers that I wanted. So I have to now yourself. unfortunately put him in my bloody team and it really sucks. Anyway. No, you should. All right, now that's your golden thing. boy. Let's go and talk about your golden boy. Max. Probably unlucky not to get second, really. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, I mean, that was nice of Sebastian to back up Charles in that instance, wasn't he? He was like, oh, no, fuck, I'm just... Oh, Max is a star. And, and look, what, what proved it for me is that Max overtook both Leclerc and Vettel, took both Ferraris yeah. in a race format, and Vettel took him out which was Vettel's fault, and he admitted it afterwards. And the first thing he did was come up and say, look, mate, I'm sorry. It's, what I, it's motorsport. It's what happens when these guys are pushing on the edge. And for that to be the only incident through all the battles that we saw for the whole race. Yeah. yeah. And also great that everyone started where they qualified. There was no penalties oh, applied before the race. It, that so was a really good. nice thing. Yeah, mate. Red Bull's, Red Bull's race pace package is pretty good. We find it come up with a good, like a good development in their engine, and they get a good quality mode for next year. They'll be right up there. Yeah. Well, and they, I think they'll challenge Mercedes before Ferrari challenges, legitimately challenges. What do you think about this battle we're seeing between Leclerc and Verstappen? Because they're both very young. Good. They're both going to be around for about a decade, I reckon. What yeah, do you good. think? Uh, Leclerc hasn't proved it on track for me yet. He showed glimpses, but he hasn't won a race. Yeah. His attitude still stinks, I think. And Max, Max is, mate. You saw the gap that Max put in between him and Leclerc. For sure. But I think Leclerc, he had a couple of moments there where he kind of said, actually, I remember what happened last week. That's not happening again. He yeah, made some was, cheeky He yeah. made some cheeky comments at the end of yeah. the race going, oh, well, now that I know that's how hard we can push in racing oh, and I think it's good for the thing, that I, oh. then that's what I'm going to do and push. 
he did. I think also Ferrari haven't supported him very well. Like he he came with a really nice attitude to the team, and now he looks really chomped out. Mm. Anyway, he's ten races in, his true character starting to come out, in my opinion. He's just stressed. I don't, I don't like him. So you'd, you'd back Max every day? Oh, all day. Yeah. Didn't even need to ask that question, surely. No, I just wanted just to. Just for everyone else's point of view. That's fair enough. Else at home. I would love to see Max go toe-to-toe with Lewis Hamilton in a Mercedes next year. That would be... Well, Max would dominate him, I reckon. I think he'll dominate him because he's not... He's not as consistent as Lewis. He takes more risks than Lewis. Like, Lewis is very risk-adverse at the moment. I don't know if you've noticed. Oh, yeah. He's like, he whinges about everything. Like, oh, I think I hit a bump on a straight, and what's wrong with the car? This comes back to Campy's point, though. Is this a bit of, like, showmanship selling it, making it sound harder than it is? Totally. Yeah. See, I do listen. I'm learning. Thanks, mate. (laughs) my man. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but... No. I'm not sold on Leclerc yet. Transitioning to Ferrari. But I don't think that Vettel's that great either. We saw Daniel Ricciardo come into a top team and beat a four, four-time world champion. Yeah, true. Consistently throughout a year. Get three race wins in his first team, in his first year with a big team. Vettel got none. Qualifying was fairly comparative. Yep. I and think- I don't rate Vettel that highly. No, neither do I. Look, as a top-tier driver, yes, he's won four-wheel titles, but he's in a car that was but far that was better. And right was... place, right time in the right equipment. And we've spoken about that mm. before. Mm. But I think if Ricardo went back into Ferrari, I just think – I just don't think he's as good as we make him out to be. Let's talk about Ferrari then. Let's continue. So, yeah. Charles, uh, finishing third, he seemed pretty okay with the fact that Max wasn't on the podium with him. But he got beaten by Max, and the only reason he got on the podium is because – his teammate took him out. He was going to get beaten by his, his teammate too. How good his teamwork? But he got beaten by his teammate as well. So, and I know it was pit stops and yeah. But Ferrari just not still not doing it for anyone. I don't think. Nope. Uh, this the strategy not, just doesn't make sense a lot of the time. They're, well, they're not they talking sh- to each other. What was? Why did they pit Leclerc and then under safety car a lap later and put him on back onto the? That's bizarre. Oh, that was so stupid. Again, stupidity at the top level. And I, we're watching it on TV and we're making decisions based on what we can see yep, from the overview. The These guys have bucket loads <laughs> of, of the data, data and information and experience in the sport to make these calls and they continually fuck it up. Yep. Like, what is their problem? That's too emotionally attached to each other. Where's Wally? To visit. And then where's, where's Wally? Wally? Get rid of him. Bring Maurizio back. He was nah, good. Maurizio's not coming back, mate. Once oh, no, he's leave. not. But I like him. Yeah, well, let's bring uh, Flavio back. I like his... I like bring, his Flav- bring Flavio, Flavio into it and see what happens. He's, he's, yep. got, he's got a good reputation, doesn't he? Oh, good. good is definitely the word I was thinking <laughs> of as well. Weber loves him, so it's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe let's put Mark in see what happens. Uh, all right, well, there you go. So Ferrari potentially picking up Danny Rick next year. We, the three of us might have to wear red. Uh, unfortunately. Oh, disappointing at best. I think, let's go back to Seb a little bit. It was... Germany last year, when he started making these kind of very stupid mistakes with some wheel-to-wheel racing, we're back there next race. Mm. It's been a consistent year of, like, silly, That's, silly mistakes. You spin me right round, baby right round. Yeah. And this is years. another one. It's been over a year since Ferrari's last win. Yeah. Oh, other than Kimmy's. Sorry. Sorry. Other than Kimmy's. Other Kimmy's, than Kimmy's win was great, though. But everyone needed that, I think. But I, honestly, it's like Johnny I, Herbert winning the uh, British Grand Prix. Everyone needed that. It's it's very bizarre to see him making just silly mistakes, like very rookie, like lack of concentration kind of mistakes. Not anything due to hard racing. It's just weird decisions. Yeah. Well, Ferrari in general. All right, let's talk about Mercedes. Uh, VB, really unlucky. Just got 
smashed by the safety car, being in the wrong place at the right at the wrong time, I should say. But what an absolute stellar qualifying session. Six tenths, our qualifying Lewis Hamilton, incredible margin. The closest uh, qualifying six margin, I think, thousands. in... in Not six oh, Sorry, six one-thousandths. Uh, the closest margin within a decade, yeah. almost. Yep. Uh, incredible, incredible driver. As I said, he drives like a man possessed. When he's on it, he was on it, and just really unfortunate to be where he was. I just, he had such a craze. And it was just oh, up that, into the safety car, and it was like, just oh, unlucky. That, like, re, that retake he did on Hamilton was... Sublime. Yeah. Oh, that like, was... That's parliamentary emotion. Oh, right yeah, there. absolutely right. That was the move of the race for me. But that this was not something else that was stupid. Why did he go back to mediums? He pitted and he put mediums on again, so he had to pit again. And thank goodness, no, metal went into the back of Max because he managed to hold on to second. Because well, if he didn't. Mercedes, Mercedes committed to that two stop. So they, his first stop was he was going to go medium, medium, hard, or medium, oh, sorry, medium, medium, hard. And they pitted him before that yellow. So. Yep. They committed to that pit, that two, that two stop strategy, and he was unlucky that the safety car came out. That's racing sometimes, and and Lewis was just lucky he was out there. But yep. he's, he's it's five four, and was it tenth race or ninth race? Mm. I think ten. Yeah. Anyway, but Valtteri's out qualified Lewis this year. Yeah. So he should have had his third win. Yeah. Jeez, oh, mate, Lewis just is lucky. Like, isn't he? <laughs> nothing he did wrong, just unlucky. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I'm sad for him. But, yeah, okay, VB, we still love you, mate. Keep going. Keep pushing. I think he'll still win four or five more races this year. Yeah, he's certainly not going to win the World Championship, but I hope that he continues to win Well, we're talking 39 points. The year that Rosberg beat Hamilton, it got out to 43 from memory. That's very true. Straight after mid-season break, Rosberg came out and went four races on the trot, and that sealed in the championship at the end of the day. Hmm. I mean, it's 39 points. We're really talking about one race for someone to have a DNF, mechanical, and it's right back in. I don't think the championship's over. I don't think Valtteri will win it, but he ain't going anywhere next year. Lewis Hamilton, though, doing a good enough job to to get the sixth victory in... in Silverstone, he rival he beat everyone else for the most wins there, and he rivals Alain Prost as the only person to have won six races of his home Grand Prix. Jeez, he's humble, isn't he? Got out of the car and just thanked the crowd for twenty minutes. And... Tell me more. Yeah, it's just come on. You love how humble he is. Yeah, yeah. You're a, big, you're a big Lewis fan. Aren't it's you? really transparent too, Lewis. <laughs> Look, he. I think. Look, he, he really went. He really went around and was like, "Wow, I did such a great job." I was like, "Mate, you, the safety car was on your side. If not, it was definitely Valtteri." And it. Can't, I actually felt for Valtteri a bit watching how much Lewis was carrying on at the end. It's like, mate, you're rubbing salt in the wound. You didn't really. Did, did, to be fair, you didn't deserve the win as much as Valtteri did. Sorry. What do you think? Oh, no the, safety car. What do you think would happen? Oh, VB would have. It would have been one two. Lewis was pushing a fair bit, but do you think? No, nah, it'd have been Valtteri, Hamilton, and Vettel is yeah. how it would have washed out. I reckon uh, Max. No, Vettel. Settle down. <laughs> would have been Vettel. Yeah, would have. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he's trying to do. He's trying to overtake him by going underneath him. <laughs> well, look. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. 
Okay, well, the British Grand Prix, really, really, really tidy race. But one of our bloody favourites this year, just certainly my, one of my favourites of the past couple of years. Um, incredible racing all the way through. It was nice to see uh, the leaders still sort of somewhat close to the rest of the pack before the safety car came in, indeed, for the rest of it. Which, well, it's been an absolute pleasure recapping uh, the best race so far, I think, 2019. Uh, second best for Campy at Austria. All right, fair enough, bloody <laughs> mate. Come on then. Uh, but hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. If you have, please subscribe uh, to the podcast. You can get it anywhere that you get your normal podcasts from. Uh, we also are on Instagram and Twitter at OzF1 or OzF1 Official on Twitter. That's AUSF1. Gentlemen, as always, thank you for your time. Very keen to see what happens next time around in Germany. <sighs> Stressed. Um, I need to get in the zone. Get. I need to perk up. Get it. I that zone. Get into it. Drink some more VB. Get up inside it. The good news is... <laughs> a long neck VB. <laughs> the good news is many things. Firstly that. <laughs> <laughs>